0: Hi, I'm Jennifer Zollett. And I'm Larkin Bell. Welcome to our podcast, A Brighter Lens. Mm-hmm. Week we sat down with award-winning director, producer and writer Chantal Potter and talked with her about her directorial debut, Balloon Man. Chantal founded Made for TV Productions in 2008 and she was previously known for BET Network's award-winning docu-series The Defining Moment and Turning Point, where she was the creator, executive producer and host. Her directorial debut, Balloon Man, is an intimate portrait of her father, a former NFL athlete who learned how to navigate through the clouds, becoming the first African-American hot air balloon master pilot in the world. Balloon Man will be released worldwide on demand on February 2nd. Enjoy our conversation with Chantal.
1: Hello. Hi. Hi, Chantal. Hi. How are you?
0: Good. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thank you all so much for having me on your show.
0: Chantal, thank you so much for joining us today. We're really looking forward to talking to you. And could you just start and give our listeners a synopsis of your documentary, Balloon Man, and tell us about your personal connection to this story?
1: All right. Well, uh, Balloon Man, it was an idea that I had pretty much right out of college. Um, I didn't know it was gonna be a documentary at the time. I just knew that my dad is a good storyteller and he needed his story to be told. And so, you know, I I really just started, um, I got my camera out and I really just started following him. My dad is a hot air balloon pilot. He's been flying for over 42 years. And um, this film actually, um, you know, it talks about his journey. You know, he didn't start in hot air ballooning. He used to play professional football with the Buffalo Bills back in 1970. And so this film really just uh, shows his journey, all of the triumphs, all of the trials. Um, and uh, in 2016, he actually got a Lifetime Achievement Award in the balloon in the ballooning world uh, from the Balloon Federation of America. It's called the Ed Yost Master Pilot Award. And so, you know, this film just you just take a journey with him. You know, you're gonna see exhilarating sights. You're gonna see, you know, his football days. You're gonna see him growing up in Omaha, Nebraska um, and then traveling cross country. Um, So yeah, that's pretty much what the film is about, Um, you know. I love my dad. It's been such a pleasure working with him on this. We both were uh, producers, executive producers. and I couldn't have asked for a better partner to work with. He's so organized and you know, in filmmaking, you need that. You need someone who's organized, just has all their stuff together. and and you know, my dad was that. Did you have to convince him or was he like he was ready to go? He's like, let's tell the story. <laughs> you know what he. <laughs> I didn't have to convince him at all, but it didn't start (laughs) as a documentary. It was just me, you know, capturing footage, you know, flying different places, going up and down the East Coast to different balloon festivals. And I was just capturing footage. It wasn't until a few years later, I was like, let me start getting interviews. (laughs) You know, this could be really interesting. And the entire story kind of unfolded completely different than I initially imagined. Um, But I really like
2: how it turned out. Wow, what a cool story! Yeah, you really, you really helmed this this whole film. You were credited as editor and even cinematographer, in addition to your directing. um, Balloon Man. How did you navigate all those different roles in bringing this documentary to life? And if I'm correct, this is your first documentary. True.
1: This is my first feature-length documentary that I that I brought through <laughs> distribution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, I used to work as a producer for BET, so I did um, quite a few short-form documentaries um, and and news packages. But this is my uh, directorial <laughs> debut, so wow. it's been a journey in itself. You know, as you mentioned, I did wear several hats uh, <laughs> while making this film, really because I had to, especially in the beginning. I think later on, I was able to and funding is everything. So once I was able to kind of hire different people to do different things, I didn't have to do it all myself anymore. And, you know, hat's go- hat goes off to my incredible crew. You know, I couldn't have done it without any of them, um, you know, especially bringing it through that, that post-production phase. We had some animation. Uh, I worked with a very talented colorist and very talented uh, gentleman who did all the titling for the film. So I needed every last one of them. Um, my producers, you know, who, just a wealth of knowledge and resources. Um, My co-executive producer who really helped us um, fundraise and get all the funds that we needed to finish the film. And so, um, you know, I did the first couple of passes with the the documentary, but it, it was three hours long. Okay. And at one point, I'm like, what do I cut out? Everything is so important to me. So I really had to just Take a step back, and I was able to bring on uh, another editor, uh, Roy Heisler. And I'm just like, he didn't know, he, you know, he met me before, but he didn't know my dad. He was very unbiased to the story. And I'm just like, cut away. Whatever you think is not necessary or you don't think contributes to, you know, the overall story. Please feel free to cut it. And so, um, you know, just working with different um, folks throughout the post-production process, I think that's how I was able to uh, complete the film.
0: Wow. I would imagine, especially starting a documentary, kind of like you said, where it's, it's you're just filming things to begin with and then you discovered that there's this story that you do want to tell. How, like, how do you even begin navigating like what the story is. I know you knew, you know, your father's story, but I just, I just, that to me would be such a hard part of the process of just being like, okay, what is this story that I'm going to tell? Because you don't have a script or anything to go off of. Right. I think,
1: as I mentioned, the story is completely different from how I initially thought it would Hmm. turn out. And it takes place over really a decade. And so you, you grow with, my father throughout this film. You see him, you know, with mostly black hair and by the end he has a lot of gray hair. And, um, you know, at one point I remember thinking, how is this story gonna end? Because he was, you know, still thick in his career with ballooning and he hadn't won the award yet. You know, I'll wait for you all to watch (laughs) the film, but it ends, you know, differently um, Mm -hmm. than I would have imagined as well. But, you know, I really just let it unfold naturally. And if I would have completed the film in 2015, he wouldn't have won that award. And I think that's a big part um, of his story, you know, getting that award. There's only a handful of pilots that have it. You know, he's the first African American uh, in the country to get this type of uh, acknowledgement. And so I'm just happy and I'm thankful that it took as long as it took to complete this film because I, I think every year, every, every year we worked on this mattered.
2: (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And I'm struck too. It's interesting. You're really telling the story of, of his career. It seems like at the height of it. And then as it's kind of coming more to an end or, or whatever Mm -hmm. that looks like for him. And, and it seems like for you, your filmmaking has really blossomed. I know that you have a new production company and you're in development with stuff. Like, there's something really sweet and like poignant about that. Did you feel that through the process or is that more like in reflection kind of looking back?
1: Well, I actually started my production company in 2008. So this was a year before I started um, well, before I graduated college. And so at that point, my production company looked different than too. I was doing one-off contracts, you know, I was doing a lot of more, more hands-on filming myself. um, And I realized as I grew with it that I wanted to focus more on filmmaking under my production company banner. Um, filmmaking, um, I've pitched a few television shows to different networks, um, scripted, unscripted, and really just filmmaking. That's what I wanted to focus on. So over the years, that kind of I kind of grew out of that one-off contract. You know, I worked, uh, for a while with Howard, um, publishing the DVD in the back of the book. And I loved that because those were one of my first contracts and I was able to just be as creative as I wanted to be, um, and really showcase all of the students within the, um, within the university and what we were going on. Howard Homecoming is such a huge deal. So we had a section just dedicated to that. Um, I worked a lot with the Congressional Black Caucus. So those were a lot of one-off projects that I did in the beginning. But um, as I continued with my company and I realized, you know, I want to kind of go in a different direction, um, balloon man (laughs) kind of (laughs) came to an end. We're, we're at the distribution phase and I'm ready to, you know, kick off my next project at this point. You know, I'm fired up. I, I learned so much throughout this process and, you know, delivering a film to a distribution company is an experience all on its own, but now I know I can do it, you know? Um, so I am ready for the next project.
0: Absolutely. What do you hope audiences will come away with after watching Balloon Man? Well, I'm
1: aware that, you know, if you see the title Balloon Man and you look at the the artwork on the poster, if ballooning isn't your cup of tea, you might not even look twice. Um, But Balloon Man. There are so many other themes ingrained within this film. Um, it's not just about ballooning. You know, it's it's about a man really just trying to figure figure out life, like all of us are are doing on a daily basis. And um, and so, what I actually just launched yesterday <laughs> on MLK Day, um, it's it's a virtual series, an online virtual series. So what it's a there are four different panel discussions that I had, and I invited guests to discuss the different themes within the film. And so one is just on life after sports, you know, Mm -hmm. after the jerseys are retired and everything's said and done, you know, what do you do when something that's defined you, defined you for so long, being an athlete comes to an end, then what, what, what's next. And so we had some great panelists on that. um, A few, um, Former NFL players, WNBA, NBA, my father. Um, and then there are three other panels we had. One is on ballooning, one is on the daddy daughter dynamic. Uh, and then the last one is really on Black history, um, you know, Black excellence. And um, you'll see within the film, my father's pretty much a Renaissance man. He also, at some point within the last 50 years of his life, he started collecting and he curated, it's called the Kasten Cultural Exhibition, um, and it's basically um, a Black history exhibit that he takes around, you know, to different museums, schools, um, different companies uh, for different occasions, and people can just literally walk around the room and look at history, um, and so the last panel is really on that, and I think it's very important, and he stresses in the film, you know, he, he grew up Went to an all-black school, but he never saw people that looked like him, you know, in the history books. You know, he went to uh, Atlanta, and his uncle took him to lunch and introduced him to Dr. Martin Luther King, and he didn't even know who that was. And that was a year before he passed away. So coming from this bubble in Omaha, Nebraska, you know, he really just vowed then that he wants to teach other people the history that wasn't taught taught to him in the books. And so on the panel we have. Um, Senator Douglas McCrory. And he, he helped um, uh, pass a bill in Connecticut. So now by, t- at, by 2022, um, Black history is mandated in all of the public schools in Connecticut. And so, you know, there's just so many other themes and exciting things that I wanted to talk about, you know, that didn't make the, the cut in the film. Um, and so please, you know, check out the series. It's on ChantalPotter.com slash balloon man. And you can see the entire series there will be uh, dropping over the next two weeks leading up to our February 2nd um, premiere on BOD.
2: Great, cool. Um, one last question for you, Chantal. I'm curious, you've mentioned the whole funding process um, a couple of times, that sounds like quite a journey, um, but you did it, which is incredible. What would you say to like other young you know, fil- female filmmakers that are trying to, to tell their story that they're passionate about, um, especially thinking about funding and doing that, um, what advice would you give to them? I would say
1: you have to ask for a hundred different things for two things to actually happen. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I have been, you know, filling out for different grants for different, um, uh, You know, funding for just exclusively for filmmakers, for women filmmakers, Um, you know, I started in the very beginning with a Kickstarter campaign, Um, you know, I got a fiscal sponsor documentary educational resources, and then another one on the back end of production Um, and applied for a few grants that way, Um, I was able to, anybody that donated to to the program, they were able to write it off on their taxes with the fiscal sponsor. And so I think the the one thing that kind of got me over the hump with the post-production, because in the beginning, I was really funding it myself. And then I realized it was turning into something larger than what I could afford out of my own pocket. So that's when the grant started coming in, you know, just filling out those applications. Um, and then on the, on the tail end, um, we had a fundraiser and a lot of people came out for that and they really supported there. So just making phone calls that I, I may have called, you know, a thousand different people, you know, just asking if they would help support the project. And I think it's because my father, who is who he is, and he's such a, you know, having these different discussions with people, asking them to donate, they're like, absolutely. Like, mm-hmm. your father did this for me, you know, 10 years ago. Um, your father has been such a help. He, he's taken Photographs for free at my event. You know, he's just been a help to so many people. People were just willing to help us with this project. Um, and so, you know, I, the next one is going to be a journey of itself. <laughs> we'll see how that one uh, unfolds and how I can secure funding for that. But, you know, just don't be afraid to ask, um, you know, if you're going the donation route, um, because at the end of the day, people want to be a part of greatness. And, you know, people are excited, you know, to see their names in the credits and to be a part of something. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, don't be afraid to, to ask for help if you need it.
2: Cool. Your father sounds like an incredible man. Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> I'm like, he's, he's been my hero my entire life. And, um, you know, just talking to other people, interviewing different people.
2: I'm not the only one that
1: feels that way. For sure.
2: Wow. Cool. Well, we end every interview with our lightning round three, two, one action. So you can answer in a word or phrase. Um, so we'll start with three, your favorite or most influential film. I have to say Titanic. <laughs> and that's like when
1: it, sorry, lightning round. I won't give an explanation, but that has been one of my favorites forever. There's so many more at this point. It's a classic.
2: Classic. It's definitely a classic.
0: (laughs) Two, dream person you want to work with.
2: Ava DuVernay. And one, best advice you've received. You just
1: have to remain persistent. It may take a day. It may take a week. It may take a decade, but stay persistent and just continue to push for what you want.
0: And action, where can people follow you on social media?
1: People can follow me at Chantal.Potter. That's on Instagram. Um, the website is ChantalPotter.com slash Balloon um, And then, you know, all the social for the uh, Balloon Man film is at Balloon Man Movie.
2: Amazing. Wow. Thanks so much for chatting with us, Chantal. This was great. No, absolutely. This was fun. Thank you guys so much.
0: You can find us at abrighterlens.com and at A Brighter Lens on Instagram and Twitter. You can email us at abrighterlens at
2: gmail.com.
0: You can download the show wherever you listen to podcasts and on Apple Podcasts where we'd love it if you left us a review.
2: Our theme song was composed by Jesse Nelson. Our logos were designed by Mae Cafferty. Our associate producer is Elise Welch. A Brighter Lens was created by Jennifer Zollett and Larkin Bell.